Hi, this morning we thought we'd do a very focused discussion on SMA as well as neuromuscular scoliosis and the pediatric aspect of it. I'm pleased to welcome a very eminent panel of doctors, a physiotherapist, and of course, a parent who's, whose child is affected. I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Naita Udwadia Hegde. She's a pediatric neurologist in Mumbai City, over two decades of experience. She consults at SRCC Narayana Children's Hospital, Jaslok, BJ Wadia, and she's also president of Association of Child Neurology in India. Hi, hi, Dr. Hegde. Nice to meet you. How are you? Hi, um, I'm well, thank you. And thank you for having me on this show with you. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Dr. Snail Deshpande, she's a pediatrics uh, physiotherapist. She deals with physically challenged, hyperactive, autistic kids. And again, uh, three decades of experience in the business. She's the director for Wellness CME Heartfulness. Hi, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm glad to be of help. And a man whose introduction will be the longest simply because of his 360-degree personality. Uh, Dr. Abhen Nene currently practices as a spine surgeon attached uh, to various hospitals. His areas of special interest are pediatric spinal deformity, spinal tumor reconstruction, tuberculosis, and the osteoporotic spine. He's currently a council member of the AOS Spine AP, one of the world's leading academic organization, uh, organizations. And uh, for all of you who are into lifestyle and music, he's a regular half marathoner, a cyclist, a trekker, and uh, also backup vocalist and guitar player in a band called The Flunkies. And uh, somebody who's, who's really spurred this on, she's, she's the person who first directed my attention to this. Uh, that's Manisha Hatkar. She's working very actively with Cure SMA and also is a parent. And this is a parent-led pan-India NGO. We will find out more about that. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Nene. Thanks for joining us, Manisha. Thank uh, you for having us. Dr. Hegde, I want to start with you. What is SMA? Let's get into that first, please. So spinal muscular atrophy is neurodegenerative disorder. It's um, of various severities. So you have them as type 1, type 2, and type 3. Type 1 is obviously the most severe. Type 2 is mild and intermediate. And type 3 is the mildest of the lot. Basically, the nerves over a period of time stop passing uh, impulses down to the muscles and the nerves stop functioning. So while the child may be absolutely normal when he's born and fine for the first few months of life, over a period of time, parents will notice that their activity is slowly becoming less, their movements are decreasing, the impulses stop going to the distal parts of their body, distal as well as to the proximal part of their body, and slowly their movements uh, deteriorate. So there are some who were sitting who... Um, who find it difficult to get to standing. Some of them don't even come to sitting or standing. And the mildest variants have sitting as well as standing, but when they're walking, they have difficulty with walking. The problem with this condition is it's not just static. It's a progressive disorder where you slowly become worse over a period of time. So this activity starts becoming, uh, this lack of activity becomes more pronounced. And what may look more so in the legs first slowly comes up to the body, to the arms, and eventually it even comes to the respiration and at the end of the day your heart and your lungs are both basically muscles and they need nerve innovation and if that doesn't happen it um, affects your life expectancy so um, it's a difficult condition to deal with to manage but the plus point is it's the one neurodegenerative condition that today has amazing amount of treatment options it's path breaking as far as neurodegenerative conditions go 
And the agenda and the hope is that all our children will hopefully be able to get these treatments. Wonderful. Dr. Nene, what is neuromuscular scoliosis? So our spines are, uh, they remain vertical uh, on the basis of the structural ability of the spine to stand tall. But uh, as against um, an apartment or a building block, which does not move, we are always on the move. So the back has to be braced with a set of dynamic supporters. And those are the muscles. So it's much like the mass of your ship. It's okay when the ship is parked, but when the ship is out at sea, the ropes or the, you know, the 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 stirrups don't tighten, the mass is going to crack. And that's pretty much what happens in uh, this condition. Uh, regardless of what the reason why the muscles are not firing, if the muscles do not support the vertebral column, the vertebral column starts to give way. And that giving way normally happens where it collapses into a C or an S shape. And uh, then inherently by its own mechanism, the scoliosis, which is the S curve in your back, starts to affect the function of the person, which is um, balance as well as uh, the internal organs. And that's essentially what's neuromuscular scoliosis. It's a complicated event, but the end product remains the same. Dr. Deshpande, there are obviously there's a post-surgery if surgery were to be opted for like physiotherapy, and there's one that is regular corrective physiotherapy. Uh, I want to understand as far as uh, the pediatric nature of what you do with physically challenged, hyperactive and autistic kids. I know there are there are surgeons like Dr. Nene who are not trigger happy, who will always postpone surgery till the point where you can't avoid it. What is your approach? So, uh, Rishikesh, thanks for having me on the show. And I would like to emphasize on the fact that the moment a child gets diagnosed with the condition by Dr. Anaita, she immediately refers the child for physical therapy. And that's where we start. We don't only add life to the years, we add quality to the child's life and the family's life. It's about the entire um, the entire family, which needs to be taken care of, handheld and educated. So therapy starts right from day one. Uh, we do a lot of preventive work and we do a lot of work on, as you know, physical therapy. So it is like muscles, joints, nerves, everything is involved. But for me, what's most involved is the participation of the child. And I would love all my ch children to participate in every little way. It may be a small way like even smiling, even raising a hand up or giving a high five. This is enough for the parents to you know, feel that they are participating. So if that is what I can achieve, little goals. So I keep little goals for my children and I see that they achieve them uh, very well. That's what my job is. Nice. Monisha, talk about Kea, your daughter. I believe uh, she was diagnosed uh, a decade ago. How has this 10-year this journey been? Obviously not easy to put it mildly. But what are, you, what are your experiences as a parent taught you? What can you share with other parents? And you made a very telling comment saying it's not rare anymore. And you had some very telling numbers about people or children in particular affected by SMA. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me and honoring this request, Rishi. In fact, I'm a big fan girl of yours. I've been telling you since day one. So thank you so much. And thank you all the doctors for actually uh, you know accepting the request to join me. Kea's uh, story is, uh, I think, like any other SMA child, except for the fact that, you know, um, I wish I was a doctor today, not the parent of an SMA child. Uh, because I think, you know, what happens as a parent of an SMA child is that you're constantly living with the disease, right? You're waking up with it, you're living, you're spending the day, you're actually going to bed with it, and you're actually watching it worsen in your child. Right. Um, uh, so I think the only difference, uh, you know, between between a doctor and a parent is that for for parents, it's a little more telling. It's a little more uh, 
difficult, uh, you know, especially if you have a normal child vis-a-vis a child with this kind of, a, you know, the, the neuromuscular, you know, disability. It, it's very difficult to balance so many aspects of parenting, right? Keeping the mental health balance at home, keeping the, uh, you know, the physical health, keeping uh, the educational health, the financial health of the family. So anyway, the, cutting the long show, you know, story short, uh, my life was hunky-dory um, before Kia got diagnosed. Uh, four years after her diagnosis, um, pretty much was left with two kids, uh, you know, by the uh, married family. And uh, since then, I've been managing on my own. So uh, call it a societal sort of, a, you know, you know, whatever, but a time that, you know, people don't accept children like this, uh, especially, you know, if, if you have a girl child and the you know, child has to be born with something like this. So there are lots of orthodox families out there who um, say no to accepting children. Right, just the way they are, and especially if you go back and tell your families that sorry, there's no cure, so you you kind of are stuck in a bad situation. But I am happy. I'm, I think I'm happy with the fact that all the bad apples fell off the tree, you know, and you're left with two beautiful daughters, and uh, both of them are mentally completely adorable. Kia is physically adorable too. I think she's there's nothing that she says no to doing, and uh, that's the spirit that has kept us going. You know, so like I keep telling everybody that my family frame has three. Three beautiful girls. <laughs> it can't do without any one of them. Well, Manisha is very, very driven, and rightfully so, because this cause needs that kind of drive and passion. For those of you driving and listening to this, you might not be able to take this down. So, my advice is just Google Cure SMA India. Cure SMA India and the handles will come up. Those of you watching at home and, you know, uh, in video form or listening uh, stationary, it's at Cure SMA India on social media. And also there's the website, which is CureSMAIndia.org. So once you go there, you will find out more about this. And most importantly, there's a Give India fundraiser. There is a Keto fundraiser. There's lots of fundraisers. So please start donating. Uh, So there's one correction. There's one correction. Uh, India is the uh, NGO, right? The foundation that is representing the parent-led community. However, the parents run independent campaigns. So my fundraiser is not on Kyoresume India. It is on, uh, you know, various crowdfunding platforms starting from Impact Guru to Give India to uh, Keto to Melab. And all all these handles can be found on the Linktree URL. Which I okay. Have to share Fine. I stand corrected. You find out. You will find out more about SMA and CureSMAIndia.org. However, if you want to donate to Kaya's cause, it's Kaya Battles SMA at Kaya Battles SMA. Uh, or again, you could uh, just Google Kaya Battles SMA, and you will come up with various options that you can go and uh, donate. In fact, there are movie stars like Ritesh Deshmukh and Imran Hashmi have all put out messages uh, there. So. Uh, this is uh, something that is there on the world wide web and you can easily find it. Uh, Dr. Egde, I'm going to come back to you. You run a dedicated neuromuscular clinic at SRCC, which looks at a lot of things. Talk about what you do at the center, what the program provides children with neuromuscular concerns. Basically, children who have neuromuscular disorders, the commonest ones being Duchenne muscular dystrophy and SMA. These are the common ones we see, but a host of other genetic disorders. Once your muscles and your nerves are not working well, multiple, as Abhay said, multiple organs slowly start getting involved. So while you do physiotherapy, which is the mainstay, and you work on the limbs of the child, the body of the child, as well as the lungs of the child, because at the end of the day, the lungs are the single most susceptible organ for children with muscular disorders. Disorders. So we'll get a pulmonologist in, we will do lung functions intermittently, we monitor the cardiac status, because as we mentioned, the heart is also a muscle at the end of the day. Uh, we have the orthopedic surgeon 
involved because scoliosis comes in, the hips eventually may get affected. Uh, we also have osteoporosis or a weakness of the bones which comes in. So we get the endocrine involved as well because monitoring bone health of the child is very important. The last thing you want is a fracture to happen in a child who's already susceptible uh, with weak bone health. Uh, the neurology part of it, we manage as well to see uh, what is the neurological status, what is the progression of the disease, what are the treatment options available. And last but most important, and most parents don't get that, is the psychology aspect of it. <laughs> it they, many of them think they can cope, they can manage, they are, uh, they, are, uh, they are tough. I know we are tough or they're tough. But it's huge because that psychology aspect is not just for the parent, it's also for the child. The child is smart, she's intelligent, she's absolutely normal, she knows something is not right and it's not fitting into the picture, but they're either very scared to ask or they don't want to know. So it's, it's, it's a balance of all these specialities who come into the picture so that the child and the parent have um, a holistic uh, assessment and treatment because ideally if you have to run from every run through six specialists all over the city it becomes very difficult so here we have it all under one roof and uh, tomorrow if they need admission for anything intensive care for anything it's all there already and the team is knowledgeable about the patient dr nene i've been pestering manisha to send me literature and i said you know these are all eminent doctors I, sh- I can't sound like a fool in front of them uh, she's been kind enough to send me literature and i understand that when a child's neuromuscular scoliosis is detected there are various ways of treatment will you take us through the observation the bracing uh, the wheelchair modification and eventually you know the the uh, the last resort which is spinal fusion surgery i'd like you to go in order please yeah, yeah. to just to set the record straight you're probably the highest iq guy in this whole crowd <laughs> so at no means am i you're you kind. know <laughs> Uh, so basically, the scoliosis first, like you rightly said, needs to be picked out because uh, it doesn't it doesn't meet the eye, and uh, you know we, you have to be really vigilant to know that this is happening to begin with. And again, there's a subtle variation between scoliosis, which is an S-shaped curve in the back, and a kyphosis, where the child starts to cow down, far more uh, uh, you know far far worse deformity. Uh, once you realize that there's scoliosis, you want a specialist to attend to the patient or the person because um, there are three three factors that come in. One is the uh, you know the neurologist, the pediatric neurologist who will start the medical therapy. One is a physical therapist who will try to retain as many you know as many muscle fibers at their best. You, you know make the most of what we have, and then uh, we we are the carpenters really or the fixers who try to do some external jobs to try and keep her upright. And initially, it is about you know keeping the muscles as alive as possible, but trying to give external supports, which um, you know modify into two parts. One is really external, where you have uh, supports in the wheelchair which hold you up, just like the old babaji's used to wear something under their armpit to sit upright. So, or they can be some neck supports. These are far gentler on the patient, and they are far more um, you know manageable. The bracing, which is one of the f- uh, well-known option for an idiopathic scoliosis, someone whose scoliosis is not of that denomination, really doesn't work as well in the neuromuscular condition because it actually uh, you know actually compresses on your chest cage. And one of the big potential complications of neuromuscular scoliosis is respiratory failure, and this can actually uh, contribute to that. So most surgeons on this side are not so such big fans of bracing in the neuromuscular scoliosis as they are of external aids. And then finally, it's the internal aid where you actually put in a stent or a support inside, like a rod inside, which uh, holds the patient up from within. 
Now the indications for doing this are very specific, and uh, as I have been discussing with Manisha, one is that where the child goes off her hands, because now she no longer can sit without. We take sitting for granted, but sitting is an active activity where your muscles are actually holding you up, and the muscles are not strong enough to not even allow you to sit. You need to start taking support of your hands, which disengages your hands, and now the handicap goes to the next level. So uh, scoliosis correction surgery actually takes gets your hands freed out, and your back can balance itself well, and your hands can be still put to use. and the other of course is a respiratory failure which is of an extrinsic type but the lungs themselves are all right but from from the outside the pressure of the chest cage is coming to so much that the lungs are unable to expand and the early signs of that is you know a lot of these kids are singers and they say you know i'm not able to hold my a and uh, that's the earliest sign where you know pick out on this and you know give them chest physical therapy but eventually uh, internal bracing which is a scoliosis fusion surgery will attend to this Dr. Deshpande, Dr. Hegde made a very telling comment, saying that you know the, the mental aspect for parents is often negated during your work with the child, with all the the pediatric physiotherapy. Are you, are you also involved in that, or do you just refer it to a counselling psychologist? I'm just treat me as a layman. Take me through the the mental aspect of caregivers and parents in particular. So the the first thing which I believe in is. that therapy is always an active process and when i say active it means not me doing the movements so many people like you see on the road side they do the movements so it is not a therapist who does the movements the art and skill of a therapist lies in evoking the spirit of motivation to do from the patient and evoking the spirit of motivation in carrying out the journey because as manisha has walked the journey uh, from uh, when kaya was a baby and we had seen kaya when she was a baby a very small baby i think the moment she was detected she had come to us so the journey is going to be long and the path is going to be really sometimes letting you go down and feeling now i'm losing hope so that's a big role what as a therapist i really need to do and i, I feel that each therapist should connect with the family and connect the family to the cause of what they are looking at it is not about um, taking care of you know just the alignment or just the posture just the muscles it is about the holistic dynamic systems approach in which the heart and the mind form the major major aspects if we don't tap that i don't think anything works so with being a uh, physiotherapist i'm also a life coach and i'm now doing my masters in psychology just to you know give me that qualification to be there for the mental aspects as well wonderful so that's what i can say from parents and caregivers perspective monisha the medication is very very expensive you sent me a video saying that it would cost a crore a year for kaya your daughter Uh, to pull through year on year now understand that cure sma is working very closely with novartis biogen pharma and other pharma companies but this particular drug uh, which is risdiplam if i'm not mistaken is it yeah. is, is am i right yeah yes absolutely uh, how how expensive is it i mean only because we're undertaking a donation drive so people need to understand if they are donating absolutely. even small amounts of money what it entails absolutely. and where that money is going to be used can you talk about that so um rishi i'll just uh, step back a little bit um so there are three uh sma drugs known to i think the sma families world over uh the earliest one was pinraza by biogen uh which is uh, which has been widely used but also you know widely known for its adverse effects uh, so a lot of people have tried it are continuing to try it but are also averse to trying it this had got launched a couple of years back everybody was aware of it but i hadn't gone in for it now purely because uh, never wanted care to be uh, treated as a lab rat so that was one of the reasons why i waited for a safe drug 
the second medication that came out was launched by Novartis, which was a uh, you know with expensive lumbar injection, uh, which is known as a 16 crore injection in India. Again, this wasn't. You know, both these drugs are not available in India, so they have to be you know imported for use. And uh, Zolgen SMA is primarily used for type one SMA, and Dr. Anita is is the expert in this field, so uh, you know uh, can't can't uh, you know explain more than that as you know uh, uh, from my end. But Rizdi Palm is the only drug uh, which is available officially launched in India thanks to the efforts of uh, all the lobbying that has gone. you know behind uh, by the parents of uh, this uh, you know smled organization along with the pharma companies the government officials doctors uh, everybody was involved it, it wasn't just the foundation everybody came together and ensured that they could convince uh, rosh pharma to you know to launch the drug in india and make it available at our doorstep not only that uh, rosh pharma has also been kind enough to come up with patient access programs or patient benefit programs as they call it and they have brought down the treatment cost you know from what it was uh, last year to one third the cost so just for example uh, keeping kr as my reference kr needs 30 bottles of rizdi palm a year and each bottle costs about 6.25 lakhs so if i had to buy all the 30 bottles i would have had to cough up close to 2 cr a year that's about 1.87 you know crores a year but because of the prabhav scheme that uh, you know rosh pharma has uh, launched and which is still open for enrollment for the sma parents i'm only having to pay 60 uh, lakhs which is for one third the cost right uh, why do i need a little more than 60 lakhs is purely because of the number of surgeries that kia has been advised so she does need you know the scoliosis surgery she needs a hip correction a knee correction uh, an adenoid gland removal and god knows what also dr abhin again is an expert and he can you know uh, verify the fact that such kids also you know require um, resurgeries in case you know in case there are implant failures etc so there are lots of uh, i think post surgical uh, you know uh, situations that you have to be prepared for because it, you know genetic disorders in general are not covered by insurance policies anywhere right so that is how hapless the situation is and which is why the only uh, i think platform available for parents to raise funds are the crowdfunding platforms right they are regulated bodies uh, they you know uh, they collect the funds and keep it in their cloud accounts uh, and and they directly pay to the hospitals doctors uh, pharma companies etc so it is found safe and secure but again there is a lot of inertia in the indian you know indian public because one they lack awareness of certain diseases so they do understand cancer they do understand hiv you know the the, the widely marketed ones but how often have you come across marketing which which spells out spinal muscular atrophy if i had to ask you you probably would say manish i've never heard of it right so it's a very small sect of people of the society who are silently suffering silently because all these years you know the drugs were available or uh, were not accessible in india today it is available but it is beyond reach you know so today when we talk about uh, the drug availability and the parents reach within the community even if it is 60 lakhs rishi people say that you know we can't afford we just can't afford so a lot of people parents are not coming forward because of that and i think that is where the plea comes in you know from us uh, parents in general of sma children that you know like how uh, it is in other 66 countries where rosh pharma has launched this drug can the government really come you know intervene and work out some sort of a national rare health you know sorry rare uh, you know a disease policy because this is what is the need of the r i know we are a very small sector of people but today there is one in 
children affected by this disease right world over one in 40 people are sma carriers you know all across the world so how rare is this disease that we're talking about and uh, i'm sure dr anaita dr snehal dr nene all of them will tell you that they see more sma patients you know today than they have seen probably 10 years back because people are coming forward with it they are coming to you know research and know more about it and they want to do something to help these children because they are actually you know dealing with children who are mentally sound and neck below the bodies are just not supporting them it's a it's a it's a, it's a pathetic situation to live with uh, rishi i just have to tell you um, but just you know when it, it's probably very awful right uh, just imagine yourself being completely mentally sound wanting to do amazing number of things play the guitar sing a song but your hands and legs are just not giving uh, you know giving you that kind of support right and how helpless can one be feeling 24 by 7 so that's 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 exactly what we're talking about that guys there is a drug please help us right please help us my last ctc was 50 lakhs a year and i personally cannot afford this and how long and how sustainable is uh, crowdfunding for one crore a year for lifelong treatment she spells kya as k e y a so this crowdfunding get on at kya battles sma you could google it it's all over social media and of course curesmaindia.org is the nonprofit uh, lots of parents in there 750 plus patients registered with them uh, it's a pan india ngo working exclusively for spinal muscular atrophy so they are also on social media at cure sma india now um, i have to ask you dr egde because you are an advisor you hold an advisory position at cure sma which is the patient support group big pharma has become like lawyers you know uh, they get a bad name these days but from from what manisha tells me uh, despite the government not having a, a policy uh, for rare diseases big pharma is coming through in 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 more than small ways the efficacy of these drugs please the, the ones that she talked about um so all of them are effective um the modality of giving them is different one is intrathecal means it goes through the spinal cord one is given intravenously but it's a one time injection the 16 crore one it's once and it's done and the rizdiplam is an oral suspension and the thing is you have to take it every day for the rest of your life uh, they are all effective they are all relatively new in the market so really to tell you how effective it is i would have to wait 10 years plus to give you a picture of the efficacy of a drug but from the ones that we have started treating it's very heartening to see that they are slowly achieving milestones that they didn't have before so a child who couldn't couldn't sit properly and would just creep on the floor to move herself is now coming up to sit comfortably it may look small for many people but it is huge for the family as well as for the child trying to uh, trying to pick herself up and coming up to stand uh we have seen good ones with nucirosin as well and the ones with the zolgenesma is on in history you can have it the important thing with all these treatments are to start as early as possible because it's a degenerative condition you want to start before the decline kicks in if you can do that you can actually keep a child at full functional capacity maybe for the rest of their life if you can give it to them the problem we are doing just now is we are all taking kids who have been diagnosed who have been in the system for so long have nothing so far they are at different stages of the disease process and we are trying to either hold the decline and try to improve it a little bit but if you can pick it up really young and really early as soon as it's been diagnosed then the picture can be magical 
if you know what the disease process is. Dr. Nene, she mentioned fleetingly about re-surgeries. In spinal fusion surgery, pediatric spinal uh, fusion surgeries or spinal deformity surgeries, how much of it comes back to you as, as a re-surgery, uh, you know, things that you have to go back on the operating table? So it's a very pertinent question and it's a problem very specific to pediatric deformity, not even so much with adult deformities because of the fact that it's a progressive condition and you're only able to treat what is on your plate and not preemptively treat something, uh, you know, that may show up because treatment comes with a backlash of fusion where your back stops moving. You're only left doing what is there and uh, something else will creep up and as many as 30% of people would come back with um, residual new deformity at the other level. or a new, uh, The other thing is that these kids are really mal. I'm not going to say malnourished, but they're very poor, uh, you know, musculature coating this, these fancy spinal implants that we put in. So there's a lot of skin and um, co- skin coverage and plastic problems that happen. Um, the third thing is that they because their bones are not grown well enough because of the lack of blood supply, because of the lack of muscle uh, development, uh, the screws, we actually put in screws in the bones, right, of the vertebral column. And these if these bones are not strong, strong enough to hold a screw, uh, there's incidences of the screws cutting out because the bones fail around the screw. I think these are the three things that are so relevant to this specific condition that you've got to play, uh, you know, play for a re- redo when you venture into this kind of an operation. And uh, as Manisha rightly said, um, to make a good operation world class, it in- involves asides of uh, uh, asides of expertise, technology, and technique, which is expensive. Uh, Dr. Deshpande, what would you like to say? I mean, these children are so incredibly resilient. Uh, Manisha just talked about how, you know, uh, the head is is in wonderful shape. And her daughter, for example, is into origami. She's an artist, but the body just doesn't respond. And that's, that is so frustrating. So your message before we wrap to all parents of, of children suffering from SMA or uh, neuromuscular scoliosis. The first message is believe. Believe in yourself and your child and it is hope that makes every one of us move ahead. So we as physical therapists give hope. We nurture hearts, health and hope. That's what I can say. And to nurture a family and to nurture a child with SMA is definitely an uphill uphill journey. But needless to say with parents like Manisha, things are so much smoother because she understands. Not many parents understand what physiotherapy is. They try to compare many people. The society feels physiotherapy is massage. Physiotherapy is not massage. Physiotherapy is a very skilled therapeutic modality is what we use. We use our hands. It's the best form of modality. We use our hearts and we use a lot of other therapeutic equipments to look at how the child can perform. So when we involve and involvement from the family. So I think family involvement, getting the child to do, to perform and to keep going and not sit back and say, oh, she's, she cannot do. So not losing the hope. I can I have seen that families who keep having that hope and working towards it are the families who have a lot of success stories to say and to you know tell us that's what i would say thank you right uh, all your time your time is so valuable uh, but i have to say this is the best half an hour i've spent in a long long time uh, lots of learnings there for me and i hope everybody who's watching and listening there were great learnings for you dr Hegde, thank you so much dr nene much appreciated thank you for your time uh, dr deshpande thank you for joining us and monisha uh, keep it up thank you for driving this yes chief at it <laughs> thank you so much thank you bye bye good